and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I hope someday to look as good as Trinity in pleather. <laughs> yes. Are we sure that's not real leather? Uh, I'm going with pleather. It, going the way pleather. it moved was feels a little, a little bit yeah. synthetic. Yes. It's a little plastic spandexy. I'm not complaining. Uh, I think it's perfect. Yeah. We're continuing our 1999 revisit this month with what might have been the biggest game-changing movie of 1999, The Matrix. Mm -hmm. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have for us? I have Weyerbacher Merry Monks, which is a Belgian triple. Yep, Belgian-style triple. You can see the color there. It's in my conchi brewing glass. It's very nice. And it tastes sort of like holidays in a glass. I was going to say, I feel like this is a, like an a old faithful sort of It beer. is. I like it a lot. It's yeah. very similar to uh, to the stuff like Oma Gang stuff mm. that I like. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It the is Mary liquid Monks. Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Mad Elf is really your liquid Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is this is more just um, liquid Thanksgiving. Seasonal. Holidays. Yeah. yeah, it's like fall, winter, like keep you like, warm. Uh, what if there was a stuffing flavored beer? Would no, you pass. drink discuss? It's pass. I love <laughs> I love I stuffing. Love when our listeners play this game with yes. us. Our listeners are telling us what they are drinking. Mandy Glasgow oh, McCabe yes. is having uh Pinot Noir by One Hope. That's so exciting. Oh, there we go. Because Katie is not I had to I was having this like crisis of conscience over at our wine rack. I don't know if you saw me. I was like do I open a new bottle? <laughs> because all the Vintner reds are gone. So the next red is a black label. So I made myself a little tequila drink tonight. Because once I open the bottle, I feel like I have to finish it between today and tomorrow. And the next bottles are special ones. So oh. we're having some tequila and grapefruit instead. Ooh, Paloma. That is daring tequila. Mm. Daring. I love it. Huh? Thank you to I... my brother, Kurt, for introducing me. To my love of tequila. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I am drinking Perlicious IPA. Per, are you serious? You per, yeah, you got to give per, it the extra Perlicious. Per, per, Very good. Uh, IPA uh, from White Lion Brewing Company. Very sexy lion on there. Yes, it is very. It is. A, <laughs> he it would is be a the attractive Thundercat if there was. Yes. If he was one of the Thundercats. If Thundercats was a movie, we would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, oh. my question, and we should ask Keenan Laird this, Thundercats did not have a theatrical release, but I believe it was a TV movie first before it was a cartoon oh, series. Interesting. Could, we, could we count that as a uh, top five film? Mm, mm. Questionable. Cat, top five cat-based film. <laughs> top five cat-based film? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think. Are, is that a subgenre that we're ready to discuss? I think I could probably pick five cat films better than Thundercats. Really? Yeah. What? I don't know. There was a cat in The Matrix. Does that count? No. There was. I think oh, the only the one I can think of is... Captain Marvel no. was a major role in yeah. Captain the Marvel. The Lion, the Witch, and the jo- Wardrobe? How about Jonesy was a character in Alien? That's true, but still such a... Well, maybe Alien... Garfield is definitely a cat movie. That yes, movie and Garfield. Aristocats. Yeah. Aristocats, Aristocats is a cat movie. That's a great movie. Mm, that is a very good uh, movie. I Thomas O'Malley, the I, Alley Cat. I really well, don't we know like, any we of We like the kids. stage version. I don't know the last time we actually... The girls were watching it the other night. Yeah, you yeah, watched it? It's on Disney+. Plus. Huh, I missed it. We watched that. it with uh, Emma. Or um, right. Ella. Missed it. Well, so if you like cat movies, let us know what your That'll favorite That'll be one of our movie. episodes. I'll tell you what my favorite cat movie will never be. Cats. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that train mm-hmm. wreck? That thing will give me damn nightmares for I saw just a picture a of it life. the other day. And the CG of the people's faces on like cat bodies. Oh my God, it's terrifying. Yeah, I don't like it. We will probably end up doing that movie. It made me remember though a show that I loved watching when I was a kid called Zoobly Zoo. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I, I loved Zoobly Zoo. Zoobly Zoo was everything I wanted cats to be that cats was not. Colorful. No, <laughs> not terrifying. Not terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I loved. The, I loved the characters on Zoobly Zoo. I want to watch that. Can we find? I want to find yeah, that. We can. We can. That is a show I literally haven't watched since I was Lily's age. Like I don't know the last time I saw that. Right. Well, yeah, we we got to find um, that. Yeah. We right. will find you an Listeners, episode of that. Find me Zoobly Zoo. Uh, all right. 
so let's move on here. Before we get into the Matrix, we're going to fact check. Last week, we discussed The Sixth Sense. I forgot to bring up that The Sixth Sense is, in fact, an AFI Top 100 film. Is it on I the newest been, list? Uh, it's on the one for that... Unspooled is doing. For they, Unspooled. They did it, yeah. So that's the list I go off of. Okay. Um, I don't think it belongs there. But that's okay. Well, which is interesting because that list they're using is the 2007 list. Yes. Uh, so that's pretty. I don't weird. know. Is it is it on the most up to date one? I don't think I don't it know. is. I'd, I'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it we said very good movie, but I don't know if it's an AFI top 100. I just the whenever all the listeners know, I am slowly continuing to try and get through the AFI top 100. Yeah. Uh, having a child has derailed um, <laughs> that for some reason. Uh, that in my Kieran, new obs- that in my new obsession with Disney Plus, mm-hmm. yeah. which I could watch all day, every day. Oh my gosh, seven days. Have you started watching Jeff Gold- Goldblum yet? I'm no. having a love hate relationship it's with really it. Really good. I like he drives me crazy, but also I can't stop watching. And you love him in other times. There are moments when I find him endearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also still really bothers me. Yeah, I'm. I love it because of the way he, how uncomfortable he makes the other people on the show. I think. Mm. I think there's part of that. I just want to know anyway. from people that like really know Jeff Goldblum. Like, is that like that's him legit? Like, that's how he interacts on I, a daily with I think he, it might other be. humans. I think it might be. Like, I've always, I've. I know he, I've heard that he's weird, but mm-hmm. his mannerisms are super off. All right, let's do this. Okay, sorry. Yes, okay. We'll, we'll uh, talk about this so on Wednesday, friends. On Wednesday, yes. we're going to have a little mini episode about all the things that are about getting to your 40s and watching Disney Plus on the biggest party night of the year. your friends on the internet. <laughs> yes, because you, cause you're, not cool. you're not cool enough to go to a bar anymore. So Certainly not. Live that sounds like my worst nightmare night, now. Yeah. Uh, to discuss that. Um, do we have, uh, Katie, you had talked before the show. Is there anything else you wanted to fact Oh, check? quick fact check. Yeah, yes. two of them. So number one was we talked about the age difference between Bruce Willis and his screen wife, whose name I am not going to remember the name of the actress. Um, What's interesting is that on when the movie was filmed, the screen wife was twelve years younger than him. Mm. He was which 42. is less than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was forty two. She was thirty. So I mean, both like grown adults. Weirder is that his current wife is twenty four years younger than him. So. <laughs> In this case, life is actually stranger than fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I I think his hair piece he was wearing in the sixth sense is older <laughs> than his current wife. Yeah, that's true. The hair piece might have been older. I love it. The second fact check was about the hot debate over the relationship between taste and sense. Now, before we go on, yes. let's let's clarify debate, what I said. The debate wasn't that they're not linked. Correct. Yes. The debate was whether if you lost your sense of smell or no, if you lost your sense of taste, would you not be able to smell? Oh, no. Or was it the reverse? I listened to it again today yeah. just so I could be very clear. Yeah. And so okay. what I said was that I think I'd rather lose the taste because so much of what you taste comes from your smell. Gotcha. And that was what people were calling me out on. I said last week that you would still have like, like that the taste gives you the sweet, salty, umami, right? The spicy, mm-hmm. but that the flavor comes from your scent. And I felt like that's what people were calling me out on. And that is, in fact, dear listeners, the truth. You just said like a I bunch just, of things about taste and then I, said you get I, the taste. I, I, am com- I am completely lost. Yeah. No. You who, can't just so taste is only five things. Taste is only. So here's the deal. calling you Ooh, out? Let me talk. The, the, the listeners were, were talking. Were, the listeners were saying bullshit. <laughs> so there are people who don't have the ability to smell. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is Ben Ben from Ben and Jerry's I think it was Jerry. has this or Jerry. It's like It's called like a insomnia or something it sounds like insomnia but it's that you can't smell Mm -hmm. and so essentially they can't distinguish between certain foods so this person that i was reading uh said all jolly ranchers taste the same to her she can only identify like that's a sweet that's a sweet candy unless she gets one that has tart 
like green apple and she can say, oh, that is tart. But anything that you distinguish as flavor is actually coming from your sense of scent, your sense of scent. Okay. So, okay. I just blacked out there. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. Word <laughs> the two of you, said. Brian, it's okay. That make me said, crazy. It was know. very important. We found. <laughs> that was very important. I don't like it. I, I didn't know people oh. were going after you. Who was okay. going after like you? Well, let, let's, let's go back in time for Brian, should we? Okay. Yeah, so let's go back inside. Here we go. Oh my God. Porch, porch man. <laughs> this is not working out well. All right, all right. Are we not going back in time? Well, hold on one second. We can. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, we're going back in time. Okay, here we go. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. This show is off the rails. Already. Already. Hey, right, there she is. Ah. That's the one right down there. The bottom left. Maybe you could label these things. Might be a great idea. You're not using your sense of sight. If you labeled it, you could see it. That was not. Uh, It's because I had it configured for work, and I need all those other ones for work. You need Lily. You need sound bites for work. I do actually have have a profile for work where nothing goes through to the other people except the mic. Are you using sound effects while for Brian? I want Brian to be able to hear everything else. This is very smart. I'm. I'm just wondering if, never mind. If I played sounds like that for people at work, I definitely will. At do, you, some point. do you ever just sit there and hit while you're like working on a hit, conference hit, call? I'm like, like Mickey, hit, hey, my um, mommy the, and my daddy, awesome. Just play little Yui Lewis, little Yui Lewis. It gets the meeting gets a little tense, and you're like, hold on a second, Yui. guys. Everyone, close their eyes. I for think a I have what a sound you, effect for this feel, moment. Feel the groove. <laughs> everyone, close their eyes. Close their eyes. Close their eyes. I think I can shed some light on this. Yeah. I think this would make every conference call better. If you began and ended every conference call yeah. with like a Huey Lewis like, dance party, like I was like, if you, you guys want remember, drug, I want to play other ones. If everyone remembers at the beginning of the project, I told you that this would happen. So if we go back in time and I hit it right then, oh, it'd be yeah. perfect. <laughs> so good. I probably actually you need your job to support. This program. From what you told me about your supervisor, I feel like he would really actually enjoy that. Oh, he would love this office. (laughs) All right. So we're back in time. Who's asking me the question? So it's Fact Check 1999, Brian Costello. Okay, here we go. All right, Brian Costello. uh, In 1999, were you a comm major? I was only ever a comm major. Look at that. Even before I was in college. Might be the one and only. (laughs) <laughs> the one and no, only there were a few others that started and so really all yeah. four years. Well, yeah. how about that? Oh, yeah. All there right. were some of us, not many, but there were some. In 1999, where were you living? I was living in Hafey Hall, hmm. just uh-huh. like I was in 1997, 1998, mm-hmm. 2000, and 2001. The last <laughs> person to live in the amazing Hafey Hall. It's wonderful. For four consecutive years the greatest dorm i really thought you were gonna environment say, i thought you were gonna say the greatest achievement of my life <laughs> question number three did you have a job uh yes i was um co-in charge of the work study program in the television studio oh at the my. university of Scranton. oh my and during that time, uh, who was your best friend? Uh, my best friend was Jerry and Jim. Jerry Gilligan. Two people who we know from this show. Uh, what was your favorite TV show in 1999? Ooh, had to be The X-Files, though. As Katie has talked about earlier, we both loved Homicide as well and um, Law & Order, mm-hmm. the original Law & Order. And people were actually just talking about Homicide because it's not streaming anywhere, and people are really annoyed by the fact that Homicide it's isn't on CBS, any of right? these... Stri- mm. No, no, it was an NBC, NBC? show, but okay. s- but I'm not sure NBC owned it, though, mm. Jim. So I have the complete I was Homicide going to say, if anyone would though. like to borrow it. <laughs> I have it, including movies. Mm-hmm. Ready yep. to go. It's classic. Uh, in 1999, what could we find you doing on a Saturday night? Uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. is probably the answer most times. Uh, Dave Bailey's house was yeah. where we probably went. Do you know the, the other place I of thought of that we definitely were hanging out in 1999? Where? Main Tamers. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. That was happening in 1999. Well, mm-hmm. the yeah, the main tamers that n- isn't even main tamers anymore. Well, Who's on? The, the building is completely yeah. gone. Yes. But is uh, yeah. So, but mm-hmm. yes, that was another place. Filth, Absolutely. The filth that was. Oh. Yeah, that place. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite meal? Uh, hot wing hoagie. Close second, mom's meatloaf uh, from the cafeteria mm-hmm. with a glass of milk, of course. Yes. Makes me yes. vomit every time. That is a big <laughs> glass of that milk sack thing that I'm not really sure what that was. It probably wasn't milk. What can I do to never get you to say that again? Milk sack. Milk oh, sack. Oh. The milk sack. Oh, it makes me just throw up in my mouth. Giant sack. It was just a giant sack of milk. Yeah. They punctured a hole in that thing, and you just pull the oh, handle. Oh man! Drink up that milk. Okay, you push it with your forearm. It was the best. Oh, the milk dispenser is the best dispenser of. That's true. Of all, I will agree with that. I'd say soft drink dispensers. Yeah. No, I agree yeah. with that. I enjoy the milk dispenser. Yeah. Um, you can do it one hand. Like I could so put good. my I... whole cereal bowl under it and just yeah. like slowly yeah. fill my cereal bowl yeah. with milk. Beautiful thing. In 1999, who was your favorite band or singer? Uh, probably Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. I love Dave Matthews as well, Goo but Goo I was Dolls. probably listening. Yeah, I did not like Goo Goo Dolls. Sugar Ray. Did, did uh, not like either no. of them. And finally, were you single or involved in 1999? Uh, if it was the 20th century, I'm not sure a woman spoke to me. So I'm going <laughs> to. I was speaking so, to you I, so, so, on yes. the regular. Yeah, yeah, Brian. But, you were my, but you were my friend. So. <laughs> Other than Katie, I'm not. I'm not sure. I was single. All right. All right. Are we ready? Yeah, yeah. We got to get a music cue for the rundown. Another thing that I was mocked for last week was for the length of my rundown, and so in response, tonight's rundown is a haiku. (laughs) What if this life was a fake world, and your only hope was Keanu Reeves? Done. Is that a rundown or a quick question? That's, that's, that's it. it. That's it is it. a haiku right. in question uh, form. Leaves some, some to be desired. Yeah, but that's well, okay. you know, We're not I actually, tried to cover everything last week. Ru- and does it run I was down criticized. the film at all? <laughs> no. In fact, not even <laughs> using the character's name. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> the character's name? Do you no. What's his okay. real name? Um, Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I don't know his first name. Thomas. Thomas? Oh, really? I is that true? Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't know that either, Katie, so don't yeah. worry. Thomas Anderson. That doesn't sound right. John. Thomas we should be a John. Anderson. John Anderson. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay, so just, Thomas, you know, Thomas. off the top of my head, Keanu Reeves is is hating his day job in some sort of a tech role. He's a coder. Yeah, yeah he does that some in kind. some big office building. Um, at night, he's doing illegal things on the interwebs for people with many piercings and... A lot better social life than he has. Um, they show up at his like crappy apartment where he hands them illicit materials in the nights. Um, On a floppy, but not a floppy drive, mini disk drive. He mini, has mini, a suspicion that there is something called the Matrix. In the course of the first 10 minutes of the movies, he, he finds out that his suspicion is correct. And the sexy Carrie Moss shows up to invite him into the world where he meets Lauren Fishburne, takes the pill, follows Alice down the rabbit hole. Um, They have decided that he, Neo, is the one to break down the Matrix and free all of the humans from their embryonic eggs uh, so that they can live in the real world and not just in this fake creation that the aliens have made. What are the The, things called? The uh, The machines? Yeah, just machines. Yeah. The machines. Just machines. I thought it was interesting because to me, the uh, human eggs looked like the milk sack from Scram. Oh, my Scram. God. Oh. Do you know how I know the two of you are men? You can say milk sack. I can't and say <laughs> milk, milk bag. Women, milk, women uh, especially women who have had children, I don't think women can say that. It's just a... <sighs> I don't know why that has anything to do with children. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's something weirdly like I don't know, milk sacks. Just feels too personal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sounds like an interesting problem. Uh, all right. Question right off the bat: Was this movie 
better than you remembered, about what you remembered, or worse than you remembered? Because this was a really... Of all the films we've done for our 1999 thing, I think this one uh, had the biggest cultural impact, mm-hmm. you could argue. I'm not going to mm-hmm. talk about the quality of the movie, um, but it certainly was the most talked about, yeah. I think, and it and led to two sequels. What was your... And first of all, I hadn't re-seen it in a long, long time. So what was your feeling of it compared I think- to re- memories of it? So I think this movie felt the same to me as when I originally watched it. Maybe a little bit of The Shine wore off. Just I I think I realized that I've seen that movie a lot because it's one of the movies that I have like very good memory of, which means that I have had many (laughs) rewatchings. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. I still liked it. Yeah, I think it was I think it was um, really good. There, there are a few moments that I, I feel like I'm not as willing to say, like, you know, I, there aren't problems. Um, but everything I think this movie d- does well, it still does better than most film that we see now. Mm. Okay. Agree. Yeah. I actually, it was interesting because I feel like my last memories of it, the, the, the other two films after were nowhere near as good. And I think that deterred me in some way. Maybe I was thinking, I thought going into it, I'm going to watch this and it's probably going to be okay, but it's not going to be as good as the first few times I saw it because it's been a long time now. And there've been a lot of movies made. And I actually was pleasantly surprised that it held up better than I thought. And I think as we talk about this, it will become clear that i think part of the reason it was better it was the same reason that you know the the original star wars are better than the ones that came after it Mm. and it's like pure state where its budget was big but not huge and there weren't expectations of what should be done like it was with the sequels Mm -hmm. it's just it's pure state of that story of keanu reeves's neo and the idea of the matrix and everything uh it works i think the faults of the series are when they try to expand it significantly more than that. But in this film, it's pretty, pretty tight storytelling. Yeah. We felt um, there were definitely moments where we compared it to John wick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what's funny <laughs> with the other Keanu series. Yeah, yeah. What, I think it's a fair comparison because I think um, it really nailed the, the, the piece for me of why I don't like John wick is that there are literally zero stakes to any anything in in a John Wick movie um for him obviously everyone else is all on the table for dying immediately um and that's really the only level of stakes there are in John Wick is like whether someone's going to die or not it's not the end of the world or there's nothing beyond his his really small story and so, like, when they walk, and I'm sure we'll talk, I don't want to jump too far ahead, um, but I think the action in this is much better than the action in John Wick. And I think a lot of, I think they probably inspired that genre a lot with the gunplay. Oh, well, I mean, Keanu's stunt double is the guy who directed john wick. john wick okay that's where that relationship mm, and there came are some from. times that you should just stick to the thing you do well no he, i well, think it's well I directed. a great stunt double i think it's well, well i think I, john wick's I think, well directed yeah it's i think it's well shot too i think that there's a difference in the storytelling type between those two but i think the direction of it's good yeah. i this film to me what i enjoyed most about it is i forgot how interesting visually it was Mm -hmm. i mean you think about it but even just the whole stylistic way um that the direction is done it's really shot and i mean i I kind of get out because i yeah i kind of like it because they've created all sorts of camera rigs for this movie and i was reading about it and how they that find it interesting but i like the sets Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, which is weird. You know, you would think we're now where so much is done on site and stuff like that. they have abandoned the use of sets a lot of times or the sets now are like Marvel sets, which is really if you watch the behind the scenes stuff, it's not even really a set. It's like one piece and everything else is green screen. Right. I kind of like the sets, the use of sets and lighting. And you can kind of tell yeah. that they're sets. Well, you kind of have three different worlds that you're living mm-hmm. in in this movie. So you have the Matrix, which is to Neo in the beginning, the normal world. And there's this very like green gray filter applied to pretty much everything there. And it makes everything seem very sterile and not human at all. Their skin tone is really weird. And their lips, I don't know if in the, in the, in the version we watched, whenever anyone's in the matrix, their lips look crazy red for whatever reason, I guess. Which is interesting. Like I almost thought it would go the other direction, right? We're like, in the Matrix, to me, it should be colorless, like less color, right? Well, the, everything else has unreality. less color. Whatever filter they put on it, like made red pop a little bit, mm. um, which I think they needed to do for the lady in the red dress, too. Oh, interesting. Um, but and then you have the real world, which is where they're on their ship. And it's a little yeah. more warm, but it's still like post-apocalyptic. It's yes. still dark. Dull and brown, and then you have their like their loading programs, which is basically they use for exposition, which is genius. You know, you're putting Neo through these like training programs in in a world that doesn't exist. It's not really the Matrix, um, and it looks the most like our reality, is uh, it, as far as like the color palette. <laughs> yeah. Um, granted, it's not like a white room where like racks of guns go flying by, and or like a room where we can do karate, but. Um, yeah, I thought I, which would be pretty cool if we yeah, had that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do have a karate I, room here, but you're not invited. Uh, oh, well, is that in the Chamber of Secrets? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. No, the kids. Uh, the kids myself. are making that room actually. The kids oh, are. are they? Yeah, they've decided to both move into the same bedroom so that they can have a room for activities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, I f- still find myself, especially with this film. Um, with the f- when I watch things on 4K, like I think there's something wrong, but I just don't realize that when I watched these films originally, we didn't have it in 4K. So you're mm-hmm. finally actually seeing the lighting and the clarity that oh, the filmmakers God, the wanted you to of do. Trinity's pleather, yeah. Kendra Lee Hoffman, back me up. Trinity's pleather is like otherworldly on 4K. Yeah, yeah. It I looks, saw it. it like, I've really never good. seen it before. It was like. A revelation. Yeah, there, there, the visual um, artistry used in this movie is was like a singular vision. Like that's yeah. to me, that's the most impressive. One of the most impressive things is that they had such a clear vision of what they wanted, and they executed it like perfectly. Um, so you can like it or not, but it doesn't, it doesn't veer and get confused at all. And to what you're saying, I think so when you look at these action scenes, it to me, it's a culmination of all of those things. Right. So you have story. So if we're looking specifically at the end, you know, the the climax, I guess, where um, well, I don't know if it's the climax when Keanu and and when Neo and Trinity go to rescue Morpheus. Yeah, um, that's kind of like the biggest like blow them up scene. Yes. Right. Like that's the explosives and the multiple guns. And right. Like we get like the, the height the, of all of the weaponry the and lobby, the martial arts. The lobby yes. scene. <laughs> we're walking yes. on the walls. We're doing all the things. Right. Ah, what so, a great scene. So you get the effects. Absolutely. Like stunt doubles, a hundred percent. You're getting like crazy, crazy martial arts moves and amazing fights. You also get this beautiful visual, like of like them coming through the lobby with like all of the lines and uh-huh. the coloring and the like the things blowing. Oh, like everything works, and their trench coats are blowing. Yeah, the, the fashion, wind, the right? fashion is is like, forefront. Everything here. <laughs> works visually, and then you also have the story. Which is like their like this is like their dad. This is their guy, and they are gonna like blow this freaking building down if it means saving him. And so you come in with them, guns blazing. You're yeah. like, yes, like take it all down because Morpheus deserves this, <laughs> right? Like I just think like in that moment, I don't know if I've ever been excited as excited for like shit to blow up in a movie. Yeah, like blow yeah. it up. Yeah. Yes. It More is piece. definitely, yeah, that lobby scene, um, 
is what I didn't want to skip ahead to, but we can do that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah no, go to I it. Think, That's fine. I think it might be my favorite action sequence in any movie ever. Oh, really? Yeah. The lobby scene to till um till they get Morpheus, you know, to the payphone. To the payphone. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the elevator. I, I mean, there's just some, there is, there's some great, I mean, the, what's interesting about this movie is that I think the action is underrated by a lot of people because so many people think of this. And if you search online, like Matrix, and there's so many articles being written about it because it came out, um, you know, 20 years ago. And people are always talking about the themes of it. You mm -hmm. know, what are they trying to say about society and things like that? And they deal with it in a very philosophical level, which you can do. But I think that diminishes, I, I shouldn't say diminishes, but it takes attention off of uh, i think at times like the quality of some of the aspects of the filmmaking like the the stunt choreography which was great the the set design which we talked about the fashion design you know it be kind of becomes everybody's talking about it. it's like this cult film of you know people who want to talk about nietzsche will sit around and talk about oh you know the underlying levels of the matrix and you can do that yeah. but it's also just a great action film but i think that that's the beauty of the movie and mm -hmm. that's where i think i was lost in john wick's world where like like i can't just enjoy the blow them up scenes like i need yeah, i well, need a reason well, to, right like i need a fair, story i need a character to be fair john wick is not made for you no, in absolutely. No way, in no way, shape, or form. But and I completely so, agree with but that. So then, they're, look at what you're saying then about the Matrix, right? Like that's why this movie is such a like seminal movie because oh, absolutely. you've got folks watching this. You could define it as like a sci-fi action adventure movie who might not normally be drawn to that genre because of how well done it is. Oh, I, I completely agree. I don't think there's really compare. Even if you like John Wick, I'm not sure that you can sit there and say that John Wick is anywhere near what The Matrix was as a film. Right. Um, just in my opinion. It doesn't mean you have to say well, that John Wick's an awful film and some people like it, some don't. But I don't think as a film film, there's any comparison between the two at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, for me, it felt like an easy comparison because I thought it was like the last thing that we watched that was like so driven by like a well, well, I, and I guess that's an unfair comparison. But, you know, the the like shoot em up sort of, <laughs> um, you know, action scenes. But Plus, it's not. When you really but, think about it, there's not really many action scenes in this movie. It, no, you're right. As I was thinking about that, I think it was just really that lobby scene yeah. with Keanu running the show that I, yeah. that made us think it's an interesting comparison to mm -hmm. John Wick. Yeah. yeah. I would just like to add, I'm willing to go into the Matrix uh, if my computer does not stop freezing. Oh, <laughs> Bri. Because I, I, I don't know if you guys can tell, I talk right through the freeze and then just hope that you guys pick up when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Does my voice continue through? Can yeah. you hear it? We oh, yeah, you're I fine. I haven't noticed anything. Right, um, so we have we go. one of our listeners watched this recently, and uh, Kendra Hoffman is saying we haven't really talked about the sound and the way that the sound works through some of those scenes. Ooh. And even, you know, we can also talk about the score. There were a few, for me, there were a few weird moments in the score where I was like, mm, it might, I don't know if it's that it sounds a little dated. Yeah, or so that is, and, and they're techno, like, stuff to the core. So, like, this movie was basically all techno dance music and, mm -hmm. and they even ramped that up even more in the next in the other two and i don't think it was the techno dance mu music that i'm that bothered me there was some there was some other there was something else used besides the techno mm -hmm. kind of okay. in like the the slower moments that felt a little bit like 80s rom-com like there was like a weird hit for me or i was oh, like really? that's a strange oh it's a strange moment <laughs> I didn't pick up in, on that in the sound of this movie. Um, yeah, I, re I definitely remembered the use of the techno. And uh, to me, that like fits yeah. very much with what the Matrix is. Yeah, yeah. 
What um there are some really disturbing images in this movie. When they show the baby yeah. field, mm-hmm. that uh-huh. screwed up. I mean, that's Let's I mean, which is most, great. What was the most disturbing image for you? Because I think that that's a very valid question. Ooh. One comes immediately to my mind. The All bug. right, what, what comes bug. to you immediately? The bug into oh. the belly button. I hate in, belly in buttons. And, and, and his, I don't know what's worse. Oh, that his was, mouth getting yeah. glued shut or no, yeah. the bug his no. mouth. Yeah. The bug is the worse. The bug into have, the belly yeah, button worse. Absolutely, I have mm-hmm. an irrational fear of belly buttons. I don't, I don't want don't to think like of them. anything going in there. No. I don't Never. like belly buttons. I, I don't. I also don't want to think about like a mechanical spider yeah. scorpion no, thing. No, tracking device. No, absolutely horrible. The idea of being restrained and having that thing crawl all over me. Yeah. Lord. Um, what what do you think as we get into this and we'll round up soon? What are the big philosophical elements that you found interesting? Because I think they do a good job in this one. One of my problems with the films as they move forward is they they go a little too much. They they, they throw too wide of a net and they, they go the whole Jesus Christ route way more than even in this one, uh, especially in the third one. I can never remember which revolutions are yeah. reloaded. I can't remember which one's which. What do you think stands out to people who want to watch this solely from a philosophical level? Why so, are they drawn to this? So this hit Katie at the moment uh, where I was falling in love with a philosophy mi- major and declaring a philosophy minor. So I went... I went hardcore into the Matrix. <laughs> oh, you were just... I was all Jim, in on Jim, the I Matrix. Jim, I didn't realize you were a philosophy major. <laughs> I was not. When, this was when, before... Oh, I, was, I don't know if you heard Remember 1999, our, our I was not this yet is, with Jim. This is awkward. Yes. This is the now, awkward listen, part of the discussion. we all had our worlds before the year 2000. Sure. Um, so, for me, this is the, the, the parallel is to the allegory of the cave, um, which posits a world where you don't realize right that there is another that, that that what you see is a facade right so it's the idea of like the puppets in the cave and that is your reality until you break through the chains and get out of the cave and realize that there is a there is a whole other world outside mm-hmm. of the cave mm-hmm. um and would you choose to stay inside the cave <laughs> or you know break free and and live above ground um I think that that that's the big question, you know, is and and it's interesting that this was made in 1999 prior to really the, you know, the true onset of like digital media ruling our world. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like of the internet and social media and cell phones like all of that really came after this movie. Well, cell phones, no, but cell they, phones existed. But, but I remember that was a way, big deal. Everybody wanted that cell yeah, phone yeah, yeah. that he had in this movie. Yes. Right. The, the, but, you know, cell phones yeah. back then really were just phones. Yes. Right. Yes. So Agreed. it's like, it's a completely okay. different thing. I don't now. know how it's going to end. <laughs> 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 so I think so it's an interest so I feel like now is a great time to come back around to this movie because what you see right now is people so absorbed in that so like that's the shadows on the wall right like the this the screen is the shadows on the wall and choosing to engage primarily in that versus the you know flesh and blood life around you well Ooh, they're bringing it back which I think is interesting you know, this is, you know, they've announced there will be a fourth Matrix film. And yeah. when I heard that, I was like, ooh, I I, I don't know. Uh, if you listened and you should, a great uh, pop adult episode on Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, the guys were talking about this. And I, I don't we've seen a lot of these reboots in TV. And well, it's not a reboot, continuation. Right? Well, yeah. no, not a reboot. Excuse me, but a continuation. I shouldn't yeah. say reboot. There's been these continuations that have been on TV. The X Files, Will and Grace, you know, all these shows. And now they're starting to do it in movies. And based on, I won't go see the film Dark Fate now. Based on what the Pop Owl guys mm-hmm. will say, I'll, I wait. I'll wait. But I, I, I was curious. But I think Katie hit it right there. I think the idea of the matrix world is maybe even more spot on now than it was in 1999. So maybe that is a, um, 
something they can revisit well, with times past and it will still feel fresh. Yeah, I think they just saw a little bit of the future and jumped on it. I don't think the theme of being uh, presented something that's not really reality and immersing yourself in it and ignoring reality is is something that's new. No, I right. We can go back to saying it's a cave, right? And so, like, I think that that idea, uh, specifically of American culture, is very present. I mean, we talked about it in the hours. We talked about it. Um, I, was, I don't know. I forget all of a well, sudden, but. Well, so Kendra's also bringing up Ray Bradbury talks about it in yes. Fahrenheit 451. You know, so now we're going to like what 1950s, 60s, Kendra, where the the idea of, of it's still a future world where people are surrounding themselves with you know wall screens, right? Where you like sit in the middle yeah. of basically TV yeah. screens, and that's your reality. Um, and people, you know, are medicating themselves right. and that that's their life. So we've, we've definitely seen this storyline. Yeah. And yeah. so like, can I, I, can I just quickly do a quick, uh, Ray Bradbury side story? He is referenced in the second episode of Imagineers on Disney plus Disney plus. <laughs> We're going to we talk about like you Disney plus to be on a Wednesday sponsor. Those of we you... would like you to be a sponsor. Disney plus <laughs> oh, yeah. please sponsor us. Uh, okay. Back yeah, and so like I, I, I just think it's interesting that they they were on sort of the forefront of that, and 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 maybe just got lucky. Um, probably not, but I mean, they're the world that they're creating with the Matrix is is very, you know, could be, um, you know, something like social media today, right? Like you could easily adapt that. And if you watch the show Black Mirror, they have explored that theme almost to death. Um, and it's incredible. Too many episodes, maybe. Very it's good. incredible. But... Yeah. So then I think the, the kind of parallel issue that's happening in The Matrix is also this notion of sort of like living in the middle, um, where like in The Matrix, you can be safe, you can be pseudo happy, you right? can live. You can Cozy. live. You can live in the matrix, right, with like minimal risk. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can break out to the edges where the risk is greater, but you can experience true happiness. Mm. And that is something that makes me think of Lois Lowry's The Giver. Yeah. There you <laughs> so go. So again, a lot of these same ideas we see across like science fiction, fantasy, everything. Uh, when you yeah. when you think well, about- story in general. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you think about American fiction so much of it revolves around the path not taken, right? Like, and how that is the the greater the greater risk and the greater reward, yeah. right? Yeah, Com- like comfortable life versus even, and even even to take it another level, people can look at the path not taken and say, depending on your perspective, that the path not taken is is the is the worst way to go. Right. And so like, and I think that's, they're exploring that in the matrix as well, which is, you know, with, with Cyrus, he believes that he was much happier in the matrix and wants to get put back in, um, because of how miserable life and the struggles of life are, you know, for someone who, I mean, pretty much, let's be honest for anyone who is not Neo and Morpheus being outside of the matrix is fucking awful. Yeah, which is interesting. I thought that was really interesting in the sense it was what's that commentary then? I found that, you know, it's like that is it is miserable. It's awful. I mean, who would want that? I, I think it's understandable yeah. that that guy would want to go back in. Maybe a little weird that he would want to go back in. But this idea that you don't know anything else is a really interesting concept, I think. Yeah, ignorance is you bliss. Know, I always it, remember that line where he's eating the steak. With uh, the agent, and he says, uh, I think that's what he says, right? Ignorance is bliss. And he says, I, I know that the stake isn't real. But I, am, yeah. but my mind's letting me yeah. think that it's real. Um, I, I thought they did. I, I thought they, unfortunately, they they do a good job of layering it here. I think it gets a little, as I've said before, a little heavy-handed as they go into future uh, future films. I have not watched it in a while, but I actually did really like the second movie 
um, prior to seeing the third one. So mm-hmm. for me, I think the second movie. So maybe was, it was. Maybe you're right. Maybe the third one is the one that's just well, a, here's really the thing. bad. The first movie is a self-contained movie. It can be what it is. The second movie needs the promise of the third movie to really slam the door on everything it True. it sets up, and it does not, as as far as I remember. And to be fair, like maybe I'll go back and look and wa- watch the other two and go, oh, I like this a lot more than I thought I did. Um, I'm considering going back because all three are on Netflix. Because I do, I, I, yeah, I did want to go, and I I was kind of like. I, I remember not. I remember us, the three of us, and some of Katie's JVC housemates go. I can't remember if it would have been the third one. We all went over. Yeah, because saw that. Yeah, because I was Hill. I was working in in uh in uh at the large. Jar- the Jersey, second yeah. one. It, yeah, the second one came out while we were still at Scranton. Uh, okay, so it was the it was the third one. We went yeah. and saw the third one, and it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. It was a disappointing movie. So yeah. maybe the second one is better than I'm. Re- I do remember the action being great in the second I, one. I just yeah. remember feeling like it went a little like to too philosophical. I, I, I have like, to revisit it. I guess I love uh, I love the characters so much that even if I'm not satisfied by the storyline in in the third movie, I feel like I just want to spend more time with them. Yeah, and and yeah, I I think the characters are great. I think Keanu's Keanu, Lawrence Fishburne is mm-hmm. is how great is <sighs> like. By the way, how young do the two of them look? Yeah, I know they look so young in yeah. this movie. Yeah, it's crazy how young they look in this. I had one little nitpick. Thing, I have two. And this and you go okay? First. Can all right? Why exactly does Trinity love Neo? Oh. Right, and this this that this, was a little bit of a problem. I, I feel like well, here's the funniest they part of this movie. Didn't do enough to own that. Mm-hmm. That was my point. Well, the movie, um, I, I think they're playing with the, that idea of like, are you in control of your own destiny? Right. If it, and and I think for all of our characters, they believe that if you're not in the matrix, if you're in the matrix, then no, you are not in control of your destiny. Agreed. You need to be freed. Right. However. They're basically just letting the Oracle, who is clearly a program of the Matrix, which I think they know at this point, or maybe they don't know that, um, basically control <laughs> their their feeling. Like Morpheus is the one that says, like she, you know, she only told you what you needed to hear. The reason that Trinity loves Neo doesn't make any sense other than than the oracle told her she should yeah but she didn't tell her that is it just because she was supposed to fall in love with the one and yes. and morpheus is telling her that he is the one so that we're supposed to yeah and the, and she and, just and my quibbles are sort of along the same line as that brian is the first okay. one is that and this always felt weird to me uh the second one i only noticed this time but the first one is when this movie starts, like they're Keanu's talking about the Matrix in while he's in the Matrix, and there's never any exposition. There's never any explanation of like where does that knowledge even come from, and like Agreed. it just kind of like glosses over it, and it kind of works. Did talk about that. What I, I did they though? Yeah. No, it's just her going onto his computer, being like. You know that the mat- you you want to know about the matrix, or do- I thought what there is was the more than just her her conversation. I I thought the agent had like spoke a little bit more to that about like the time that he spent like investigating the matrix. I, I swear Neo. that there I'm were talking about Neo. Like, how does Neo what? know about the matrix before he's out of it? But it's so for me the implication was that there's there's like theories about it like almost like a conspiracy theory right right, right. but where did those how could those exist that's what i'm talking about like the, the only things that exist in the matrix are things that the machines want to exist and i guess maybe they're in their hubris they're letting people use that as one of the the things that keeps them satisfied in the matrix mm. I don't know. The idea of conspiracy. But, but that is never explained. Even even if that's the case, it is never explained. And it just, the beginning of this movie feels a little strange be- to me because of that. Mm. Mm. Okay. And then later on, when Neo gets shot, 
and is dead in the matrix. Yes. Uh, Tank and Morpheus are standing over his body while he's in the real world. He's in the chair and, and what's her name's there. Trinity's there. And the sentinels, which are these like squid, like things are, are cutting into the, into the ship and they need to blow the EMP, which is an electromagnetic pulse that will kill everything electrical that's turned on at that moment. So the, the sentinels, but they can't do that until they're, until they get Neo out of the matrix. As soon as he's dead, there is no way they wouldn't pull that thing. And there is a long, like, I, I, I didn't like count it, but it seems like a minute goes by while they're waiting. While Trinity has this like stupid conversation with him about being in love with him, which again, I think it's them playing with this idea of like, who's in control of whose destiny. Does he become the one because Trinity says that like, and, So, like, and this is where I think, Brian, they start to do this much more in the other movies that's and it really starts to weigh on people's logic. And I think that's part of the the problem of the other movies, because this scene specifically, I have a huge problem with, because if he's the one. It's like if they're if they're doing a chicken in the egg thing, that's just frustrating and it's not interesting. (laughs) And, and I always felt like the the later films turned into those annoying people at college who would try to quote Nietzsche. Right. I was like and, the first one I was down yeah. with, like it undergraduate was cool. philosophy it was majors yep. are yes. the best. Yes, I remember some of them in the hallway of Dave I, Bailey's house that we brought I up earlier, just quote, just quoting Nietzsche, and I was yes. like, dude, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody here cares at all about this. Um. A very good film. And I, I do think uh, Kieran and I have gotten to, into the process of watching a movie or a show or something every night as I so Aileen can sleep. So I do think I will. He is the calm miner and he will make an appearance on a show some night um, and give us his thoughts. He fell asleep again. He was bored again. This kid, I don't know. Every film <laughs> we have watched since he was born. He knew the twist right away. What in the will sixth it take? Sense. What will it take I, to I get Kieran? I don't know what it. I don't. Probably chances are he will probably. <laughs> I can't stay believe you haven't showed it to him the yet. Entire, <laughs> entire viewing of chances are is what he is going to be staying up for. So everybody agrees. Watch, um, watch the Matrix. Watch, oh, it's and, on Netflix. You haven't seen the Matrix. It's a great movie. Watch the Matrix. And you we didn't. We didn't even mention Hugo Weaving. Oh, um, who's a man? I, that's a crime. We should say something before yeah, we stop because he, he's so good in this. Yeah, this is where I came to know him from. I don't mm-hmm. remember seeing him in anything. Um, but then shortly after this, he's in Lord of Meanwhile, the Rings. Meanwhile, what a great name. Yeah, he's and he's badass. Hugo Weaving. Uh, he's he's got to so, be. He, he, I think he's underrated as one of the like great villains. Mm. He might. There's argument to be made. He might be the best single performance in the film in yeah. isolation mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree i mean he, he's great his, his monologue about the human species being a virus is, oh he's so, so the good. Mon- yeah. to be able to deliver it in such a monotone way is impressive because you know that's like everything an actor works not to do right you you don't you want to be smooth in your door you don't want to be monotone you don't want to do any and then he just delivers it pitch perfect monotone yeah Static delivery. He's so he's so good in it. <laughs> That's what um, you call right. uh, Cipher uh, Cyrus. That in mind, <laughs> Kendra was is, like Billy Ray. <laughs> uh, make sure you watch The Matrix. On yes. Netflix. It is time for uh, Game of the Week. All right. Uh, this week's game of the week is one and done, own it or skip it. And we're going to do the three 1999 films that we have done to celebrate this year. So it's one and done, own it, skip it, drop dead gorgeous, the sixth sense, or the matrix. This is mm-hmm. not an easy game. We've no, had the last few weeks no. some games that have this been one was actually open easy ended. For me. Oh, okay. Jim, you go first. If you make a statement yeah. like this was easy for me, you go first. And it's not to say that any of these are deserve to be skipped. Um, but I just do. I do like the other two much better. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would, uh, one and done own it, skip it. 
So yeah. one and done is six cents. Own it is the okay. matrix and skip it is drop that gorgeous. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, Katie, who selection was drop yeah. that gorgeous. What is your thoughts on this? For me, I would own it. Drop dead gorgeous. One Ooh. and done the matrix and skip it. Sixth sense. Wow. Which is painful, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I don't make the games easy. Yeah. The games are not easy. Uh, <laughs> I am. I think I. I think I'm going to go with Jim. The same thing here. I think while Drop Dead Gorgeous is so much fun and I enjoyed it, I feel like I could replicate yeah. that with some other movies, and that's really what it came down to. There's other, you know, for example, Spinal Tap or some other Best in Show. Though you should watch Drop Dead Gorgeous streaming on Hulu now. Uh, Hulu, which you can get as part of a Disney Plus package, sponsor <laughs> us Disney Plus. Sponsor us. Send us uh, to Disney World for free. Send us to Di- it, Jim and I just want to go to Disney World. What's Man the vacation. problem with two men in, going to Disney we're World? We're going to sit <laughs> in the, in Epcot in Canada going, and eat cronuts and yeah. steak. There's nothing we wrong want, with it. We want to record beautiful. an episode. I'm pretty sure from they Epcot. would let you go in. Who are the guys? Um, I want to call them Walter and Gromit. I know that's not their names, but you could go into the Muppet Show yes, and just like, separate into the Muppet Show. Yeah, that's yeah. them. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Walter. parts of uh, <laughs> Walter and the Muppets. Dude. The you guys dude? would be great. Walter and Donnie. We, we, could, we, we could do that. Um, so I'm going to go. Uh, unfortunately, Drop Dead Gorgeous, I, w- I would say skip it, though you shouldn't. Uh, one and done. I think the Sixth Sense might be the, even though we loved it and it's worth going back and seeing it, it might be the best one and done of all time. Yeah. If you could watch it one time with that twist, it's got to be one of the all-timers. And The Matrix, I think, is is the own of that batch. Kendra said Chris and his buddy went to Disney together. <laughs> she didn't use air quotes. Air quotes, okay. <laughs> I, I would go to Disney World in a second, but there is no way I could justify not bringing my children um, and spending a cent so together. Everybody- Jim's conference next year is in Anaheim, California. What? We're at the Disneyland Hotel. We are not telling the kids. We are telling the kids that we are going to Anaheim, California. Can I sleep on the pullout couch? (laughs) We have already said there will be no pictures. No one will ever speak of the things that were done there. This is going to be our Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. I'll probably never go to Vegas. So Anaheim is going to be our Vegas. I have never been to Disneyland. We will be we will be slaughtered in the night if the kids find out. We will never talk about it. Yes. (laughs) We will be off the air Um, for a few days and then we'll never talk about where we were. Yes. Perfect. I love it. All right. uh, Let's go five questions now. Here we go. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Who are Why? All right, here we go. This week's five questions will be answered by Katie. All right, here we go. Question number one. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Leather pants. Straight thumbs up. I've never owned a pair... I do get torn on like the like the buying of the. Let's go. Can we make it pleather? Pleather. I'm gonna go with a a yes. Oh, get, I actually just bought like a pleather ish skirt that I'm very excited. Do about. you get torn because of you just can't imagine wearing leather because it would be uncomfortable, or because it's it's animal skin? It's a little bit of both, but I think more about the animal skin. It's that it's interesting. Like that's more of a psychological thing for me than the like eating of or boots or shoes. Yeah. It's like the large quantities of Is it comfortable at all? Wrapping myself in animal skin. I, I've never um, leather, worn leather. I believe is yeah. supposed to be very comfortable. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've never worn anything. I mean, okay, they talk about go. the chafing, but I don't really have the problem. Okay, here we go. Uh, better action film star. Would you rather see a Bruce Willis action film or a Keanu Reeves Ooh. action film? Mm. I'm going Bruce Willis because I hate John Wick so much. 
<laughs> that it's got to be Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis might have done the greatest action film of all time. Yeah, I mean, I Die haven't hard. seen an action film with Bruce Willis that I haven't liked, so I think that that puts him above Keanu. Ooh, have you ever seen... Well, well, that's a whole other discussion on Bruce Willis' bad <laughs> films. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, uh, fill in the blank question. Being able to watch a film like The Matrix on a beautiful and huge new 4K TV is... Fill in the blank. Just like it was to watch it on a smaller... Oh, uh, that's such an alien, such an alien response. She would say that she doesn't ugh, ugh. felt like any other ugh. watching of no. the movie. Just <laughs> disgusting answer. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, question number four: Favorite Ooh. film about artificial intelligence? Oh God, that's hard. Uh, man. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a really hard question. Do you have a, a good one? Do you have one, Jim, that you uh, enjoy the most? Artificial intelligence. I mean, this one's film? pretty good. Um, what's the one that we watch? Ex Ex Machina. Oh, Ex really Machina good. is, is All right, there. You go. That was really I mean, that's good. literally about artificial yeah. intelligence. E exactly. Okay. I, mean, I would that's... always go two thousand one because of how. But okay. Mm. Great choices all around. All right, finally, deep thought question. If you were living in the Matrix, do you want to be woken or do you want to stay dreaming? This is a very difficult question. Theoretically, I'd say like, oh, yeah, totally wake me up. But in the perspective of what they show you in the Matrix, no, just leave me in the egg. I just want to be in the egg. It's, it's comfortable right. in the egg. Oh, mm. the egg looks fun. Too, too much work outside of the egg. Mm. All right, yeah. uh, that is five questions. It is now time to pick our first, uh, I guess, first maybe ever wild card episode, which we'll have many Ooh, more so of in excited. 2020. This is great. All right, so we have three films and then a bonus one we'll pick out of the box. Each of us will pick what our top film is. Uh -huh. um, and we'll see. Hopefully we have a consensus. If not, we'll figure out a way to break so that So we tie. do the vote. We decide. Yeah, we do the vote. We're not going to let listeners vote. Some okay. weeks we will. Some right. weeks we All will. Right. But for voting purposes, I think we're going to go with it. Uh, just the three of us for the okay. purpose. Because some of these films are not easy to find. Oh, all <laughs> so, right. Well, I certainly so. don't know which ones are. So I don't know if that's supposed right. to impact so, my voting. So here's our, our choice. We will be able to get all of them, but just not in a voting perspective. So we have election. We have any given Sunday. We have being John Malkovich. And we'll have one more from our exciting decoupage box. Mm -hmm. Our last 1999 <laughs> film choice is. Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. Oh God, I did love Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, do, do you guys him. want? Do you guys want half a second to decide what you want? Let me think about that. Oh. I know what I. I think I know what I want. Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. All right. I had a choice, but this changed it. I'm going with the Brendan Fraser Mummy, which I own and love as a movie. Okay. Jim, your choice. I'm going with Election. Ooh. Okay. Katie. I am also going with the mummy. Ah! <laughs> I'm so excited to watch oh, that movie. Oh, this is exciting. All right. Oh, this is exciting. Yes. Uh, Remember when he was in Sino Man? I do. I. Oh. <laughs> Remember when he lived in the bunker underground? I do. Blast from the past. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Oh, as I remember. The dad. <laughs> I had All a right. hard Brendan Fraser face. Oh, well, this is exciting. Brendan we could go. Fraser. Face. <laughs> Do you have a poster you could bring into the office and post somewhere? I not have many posters. No. Okay. Yeah, we'll just have to print some out. All right. So we're going to be doing the 1990, not the Tom Cruise mummy, which even I, as a Tom Cruise fan, can admit is unwatchable. Uh, but we are going to be talking about the great Brendan Fraser mummy. Uh, but before that happens, remember, we're going to be back uh Remember in your 20s when you were cool and you could go out and drink at the bar and everybody would drink and hang out the, the night before Thanksgiving? Everybody, everybody was, was home. Yep, yep, mm -hmm. yep. Nobody our age can do that anymore. We're going to be where people our age go to interact with friends and family. And consume fake news. Facebook. <laughs> yes. Uh, join Yay. us Wednesday night. Here is your requirement. You need to show up. And you need to have a drink and you need to tell us what you're drinking and you need to be involved. And we're going to target a half hour of just talking. And if you're not there, 
I am going to talk about my unhealthy love hmm. of Disney Plus for it. a really long I time. I have a feeling yeah. how every person in America should be watching the Apple Dumpling Gang <laughs> rides again. Oh, God. And why um, that should happen. I'm imagining so people might be like you prepping. to show up and meet with <laughs> us. Yeah. People might be uh, prepping some foods for their Thanksgiving meal. Uh-huh. You know, we are a great companion in the kitchen. We are. Just, you know, uh, that's where I do most of my podcast listening. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just kidding. I don't cook very much. But when I cook, I like to listen to a podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. um, so that is great. Uh, that is it. Uh, thank you, as always. I mean, I'm sure you like, share, subscribe, follow. Make sure you're listening Obey. to Pop Adult. Uh, they had a great episode this week on. I don't know some Disney movie. Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. <laughs> Jesus, I listened Jim. to half of it and then great, great, I hadn't great watched the Mandalorian there. part. The second episode yet, so I stopped. So you had to turn it off. Okay. Um, okay. My girlfriend Kendra Hoffman just broke up with me over my love of Brendan Fraser, so that just happened. Yeah. She does not like Brendan. She Fraser? said Brendan Fraser and Christian Slater. How too can heart- you put Brendan Fraser and Christian Slater in the same category? <laughs> two heartthrobs. I never uh, understood. I don't Kendra, know. They're not the same. They're no, not they're the same. They're not. I Christian actually understand Christian Slater man. more than Brendan Fraser. What? The, no, I because lots say- of girls love girly looking men in their when girls are in like their teenage mm. years okay no. yeah i have no. to say this no this is the only wrong, thing i've ever wrong, known not wrong, to be wrong. not to be lovable about kendra is that wrong. she does not like brendan fraser you're wrong. christian slater does she like kelsey Grammer? you're wrong because he's does Frazier. She like, How is he? Does no, she like what? chances are? Hold on. This is the real burning question of our time. What is does she like chances here? are? Kendra, have you ever seen chances are and do you like it? I do would you put have a Brendan Disney Frazier Plus in the category with Robert Downey Jr. Because yes, I would. Of oh, Facebook. I, would, I would put what? Christian did Slater. You just, did you just claim you would put Brendan Fraser in the same category as Robert Downey Jr.? Yes, in terms of like a, an attractiveness. Yes. And then very much Christian Slater goes into the girly man category with Ryan O'Neill. No, no, no. I, I do... There is no way in hell he, <laughs> that you, you, can, you, can, you can put Compare Ryan yeah. O'Neill and Christian Slater. Stop. <laughs> the, the Brendan Fraser RDJ RDJ has Tell like, me. is Tell me. way better looking than Brendan uh, Fraser. So here's the thing about manly men. They don't have to be objectively handsome. I know, but the I'm not sexiness that comes from within. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I, RDJ wins hands down. Okay. No, he's Time always out. well groomed. Time out. We're saving this for our <laughs> mummy episode. I also would take Bruce Willis, Kendra Hoffman. I'm not excluding him. <laughs> okay, he can perfect. come to the party too. <laughs> Somebody see if Brendan <laughs> Fraser is brick. available to be on our show in a week. Did you mean there's a party? Your pants um, do you know who else is coming to the party? Sam Elliott. Oh, oh my God. Sam Elliott. What well, were we, we just Sam watching Elliott. him in, Jim? The uh, Star, Star is born. born, right? Oh, God. Star is born. Katie loves some Sam Elliott. All right. Hey, uh, until we get together, here's my tip. Watch a little show that I've been watching with Claire and Jack. A little show, if you remember it, from the 90s called Darkwing Duck. We so have good. been loving <laughs> Darkwing Duck. We've been watching a lot of Darkwing Duck. It is amazing. Launchpad McQuack, that guy is fucking awesome. That's All right. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, That's a goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>